The ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Raleigh Sussex. And it's a very good morning to Professor Raleigh Sussex. Good morning from Macau. Macau. What takes you to Macau, Professor Sussex? Morning. Well, I've been judging an English-speaking competition here for about the last 14 years. And uh, every year in November, the various parts of China each have semi-finals and finals for their own local uh, English-speaking competition. There's about 300 million people learning English in China. And uh, this is for all groups from primary all the way up to open and the standard is frankly scary they are, are so good what form does the competition take uh, the small ones uh, just get a pre uh, a pre-prepared two-minute talk and then a little bit of question and answer with the judges the intermediate and older ones have a three-minute uh, speech and then 20 minutes before they go on, they're given a topic for an impromptu speech and they have to sit down, design the speech and then deliver a two-minute impromptu with only 20 minutes preparation. So this is tough preparation for, for real public speaking. And uh, I have been amazed at the way in which students from, say, Chinese-speaking backgrounds perform in English in public. Goodness me, I don't think I could enter that competition and English is my first language. I bet you could. <laughs> Professor Rowley Sussex is on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Give us a call and ask us, ask uh, Rowley more likely, um, any questions that you have about language or any word conundrums that you've come up with. Rowley, I'm going to take you back to one of the lowlights of this week and that was in the wake of the Melbourne Cup race when a horse was put down. And in the reporting oh, yeah. of that, I noticed a discrepancy in, in news outlets. I think it was the ABC that used the word euthanized when the when the horse named the Cliffs of Moor was put down after the race and I think other outlets maybe Fairfax named said euthanized and it just um struck me I wondered what was the correct usage This is an odd one uh, the correct usage is in fact euthanize as far as the dictionaries give it but the problem is that we've got the noun euthanasia and uh, then once you've got euthanasia, we naturally think, well, there ought to be euthanase as well. And this is called a back formation because the longer word suggests there ought to be one, so we invent it and use it. And that means we have both euthanase and euthanase, which are listed and used. Uh, euthanase, by the way, is from Greek eu, which means good or well, and thanatos, which means death, so giving you a good death. So there's not really a, a, a right or wrong in that instance? Preferred one is euthanize, but uh -huh. I, I would guess that euthanase in actual usage is at least as common and probably more so. Um, it's a very sad thing which happens with horse races. They break certain bones which aren't going to mend. And uh, having a daughter with a horse and having had quite a lot to do with horses, I, I feel for them. Yes, it was a heartbreaking turn of it events. Was. Now, Rolly, we've got John from Holland Park. Hello, John. How are you going? We're, we're both well, thank you. What's your question for Rolly? Yeah, look, I really wanted to get to the bottom of the word learnings and how it's used these days. <laughs> um, uh, is, is it a real word? It seems to be used a hell of a lot now. Yes, um, we've had teachings for quite a while, and these are, this is the message which has been put out usually by religious people or educators, people like that, 
And I think as a result of that, we've also got learnings. It, it's uh, trendy education speak. It appeared about 15 years ago. I personally hate it and don't use it. But it, uh, it means messages which you get from learning from certain sources. And uh, it's your choice as to whether you use it or not. Is it, would it be equivalent to using the word lessons? So often you know, Yeah, pretty much so. The lessons from that experience were X, Y, Z, but people say, you know, the learnings yeah. are, are these. Is it, is it actually in the dictionary? It's in the dictionary. It's in some of the very recent dictionaries, uh, particularly like uh, Urban Dictionary. And uh, it... If you're, if you're at an education conference, say, of, of specialists and you don't use learnings, you can sound a bit as if you're not quite up to date with the latest jargon. Um, it, it lines up with things like take-home messages, uh, which are, again, very trendy in certain areas of, of language. All those so modern usages. It, it, it's Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so, Rolly, John at Eagle Farm has a, has a question for you. Good morning, John. Oh, I'm sorry, I've lost John. Sorry, Rolly, I've got my L plates on here, but uh, <laughs> I will. We will move on to Arthur in Wynnum. Good morning, Arthur. Good morning. Um, I won't come about to call sign Brisbane and Queensland because <coughs> that's essentially saying Brisbane isn't a part of Queensland. Yes, it's one of those quirks of the radio world. I'm sorry, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll answer for Rolly here. It's one of those... Things that we say, ABC Radio, Brisbane and Queensland, just to mark the usual audiences. Rolly, do you have anything else to add to that? No, except that uh, we are officially called ABC Brisbane, but the program goes out Queensland-wide all the way up to the Torres Strait and way past the western boundaries of Queensland and down into New South Wales as well. And, of course, because we are streaming worldwide, I know there are people who listen to the program live in Berlin and other places. Hello so to you have, all. Uh, a lot of outreach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in wherever you are. Now, Rolly, we have Wally from Kalanga who wants to ask a question. Good morning. Oh, goodness. Good morning, Wally. Morning, Rebecca. How are you? Well, thanks. What's your question for Rolly? Rolly, the word breeches. What is the connection mm. between trousers and shorts and breeches, which I heard when I was a young child? Ah, right. Um, breeches, or B-R-E-E-C-H-E-S. It's these are short trousers fastened below the knee, and it's it's actually a plural of breech. B-R-E-E-C-H. And that means all sorts of things. Um, my parents actually had a copy of what was called the Breacher's Bible. And in Genesis, it says, when Adam and Eve became aware that they were naked, they took fig leaves and sewed themselves breeches. <laughs> so this is a very old word. It goes back to old Germanic sources. Your breeches are, are, are short, short pants, particularly worn by children. Right. Is that with a B or a V? It's a B. B Breaches. for Bravo. B for Bravo. Thank yes. you. Thank Thanks, you Wally. Much. Thanks for calling, Wally. Okay. A good one about breaches there. And Cameron joins us from Bracken Ridge. Good morning, Cameron. Hi there. Hi. Um, thanks, thanks for taking my call. What's your um, question? I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm in, the, in the state government, and I've noted it's probably a terminology that's used across different governments, but they have, the head of the department's called the director general. But then when they refer to multiples of this person, they call it directors general. And I'm just very confused because 
I can sort of, I had it explained to me previously because they're not actually a director general in an army. But why are they then called a director general? Why are they not called a general director as in like a general manager? Do you have any insights on that? Yes, good one. Um, there are two things going on here. One is that the phrases like governor general, um, the adjective, the thing that, that qualifies the director actually comes after. And that's because these were borrowed from French when England was invaded by the Normans in 1066. And there are quite a few uh, cases like this, like body corporate, for example. Mm. It's actually a corporate body. So you've got, you've got the same order that you find in French and, for that matter, in Spanish and Italian and Portuguese and in Polish, oh. uh, where the adjectives comes after. Once you've got that, the question is, is it going to be a director, one director general, two director generals, or two directors general? And strictly speaking, it should be directors general because we have governors general. But increasingly people are thinking, look, this is a, a big, long two-word phrase. We'll take the whole thing and put the plural on the end of it. So it is also very common to hear governor generals and director generals. If you're going to be writing something on an official document, I'd write directors general. Yeah. Okay, that's Just, awesome. Thanks. For, that's nice to know the background of it. Helps me understand a bit better. <laughs> Thanks, Cameron. I hope you don't okay. have the stress of having too many directors general in your office at one time. But uh, <laughs> we'll we'll go to Jean from Rockhampton. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. What's your question for Rolly? I'm wondering why the word vulnerable is now pronounced vulnerable, which is correct. Well heard. Yep. Uh, what's happening here is that it should be vulnerable, but when you've got two consonants together in the middle of a word, like L and N, the first one uh, at speed is a bit hard to pronounce and you, you know, you can't fit it all in. And so even Rachel and I, if we, we were really talking fast, we'd probably say vulnerable. And I left out the L. Now, the same thing happens with Australia, is le, ye, becoming Australia in the speech of a lot of people. And million becomes million, and Arctic becomes Arctic, and the it's it's a a general pattern with two consonants in the middle of the word. Word the first one tends to fall out at speed. Now, if it starts happening when you're going slowly, that's a bit of a problem because we're actually mispronouncing something. But that's how it happens and works. Oh, thank you. Thanks very much, Jean. Right. Thanks very much for calling in all the way from Rockhampton, and also Leslie from Hamilton. Hello, Leslie. Good morning. What's your conundrum for, for Rolly? Uh, well, I just observed people walking down the street and texting on their phones. It proves that though there might be many ambidextrous people, there are no ambidextrous people. Oh, I like it, Leslie. <laughs> ambidextrous. We might need yeah. to, to add that to the dictionary, nice. Rolly, do you think? <laughs> I've, I've written it down together with Sea Breeze Retirees, which was very nice. No, the Amble Textress is clever. One. Amble um, Textress. Yeah. Thank you very much. By the way, there's, there's, another interesting, there's another interesting issue there. We are ambidextrous. Now, ambi means both, and dexter in Latin means right. And so ambidextrous means we've got two right hands. Now, the word for left in Latin is sinister, and you'd think that you should also be be able to be ambisinistrous to have two left hands. Uh, this is one of the ones where right is given a whole lot of extra favour in all sorts of languages, uh, including Arabic, by the way. And um, 
the you know we've got two right hands rather than two left hands and and when we dance we've got two left feet ah yes well they, the left you see is 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 a is the bad side to be in the bible it says sitteth at the right hand of god the father which means you're in the the favored position and left in all sorts of ways is is has got a bit of a cloud over it two left feet is a great one of, of, of showing that you know you are clumsy we always heard those stories in the queensland education system of people being corrected when they showed signs of writing with their left hand Oh yeah, and corrected physically. People used to get beaten for it because mm. it was thought to be bad. Now, between five, I think, and ten percent of the population is naturally left-handed, and uh, a lot of people now are able to grow up being comfortably left-handed, and uh, that that's that's the way it ought to be. Except that if you think about it, if you're writing in Arabic or Hebrew, which is right to left the best hand to hold the pen in would be your left hand because that way your your hand is moving away from the writing rather than smudging what you've written. Yeah, you're not rubbing it out as you go. You're listening to That's ABC right. Radio right. Brisbane and Queensland. I'm Rachel Mealy. I'm talking to Professor Rowley Sussex, the word wizard. We've had a text from Macca in Kingaroy. Hi to the ABC. Now, we approach the 11th of the 11th. Can you ask Rowley what words and sayings came out of the First World War? There must be a few there, Rolly. I'll throw it to you. Oh, heaps. Yeah. Um, this is actually something which we ought to do a proper program on. What about next week? Um, the, the trenches in the First World War were fanatically, in, sorry, phen phenomenally interesting because it was the first time that people from different social classes had got together in the same place and a whole lot of uh, popular Australian sayings went back after the war into the upper classes and became part of general Australian. Um, things like I don't give a, a, a brass razu, that's supposed to come from the French word sou, which was a thousandth, uh, sorry, a hundredth part of a franc, and uh, Mademoiselle from Armatiers. Um, there's a, a whole area of words which I'd like to treat as a as a group. So can we do that next week? Let's do that. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk all about yeah. World War One expressions next week with Rolly Sussex, John at Eagle Farm. You have a question for Rolly. I do indeed. Um, it's about it's about fair on and fair too. I hear a lot of a lot of people use fair on, and it, in my mind, it was always about it's not fair to somebody rather than fair on them. Oh yes, uh, no two definitely is the is the standard and correct way, and, and um, there there are lots of prepositions which are getting mixed up at the moment. You know, yeah. like different from and different to and different than even. Um, but no, a fair on one, I think is a mistake. Uh, a really big one in my daughter. My daughter's thirteen, and a big one for her is uh, exci excited for. I'm excited for going to this show rather than excited about, and that seems to be very common. But but maybe it's an Americanisation or something. Wow. I don't think that's even Americanization. I think that's that's just a, a local variant which has grown up and we'll have to see whether it persists or not. Um, excited for sounds very strange to me. It does. <laughs> the yeah. teenage uh, girl a, variant, John. I know it well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you another one, John. Um, are you a member? Are you on the team or in the team? Oh, that's a good one. On, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. Well, it used to be in when I was a kid in Melbourne in the early 50s, and that's one which we've got from the Americans. You are on the team on the weekend rather than in the team at the weekend. At the weekend, yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, John from Eagle Farm, for your question. And uh, we've got another John in Cairns. Good morning, John. Good morning. Yes. Um, 
I think you could put digger on top of that list of World War One expressions. That's a good way oh, yes. to start. Yeah. And, Except that digger possibly came from the uh, the gold fields in uh, in oh, Victoria right. in the eighteen mm. seventies. It may yeah. be. They're not sure. Mm. My question is the the letter C in license. Now you often see mm. it in spell checkers as a, as an S. And I'm ever correcting it. That's the word license yes. as in driver's license, John. Yes. Okay. And yet yep. and yet the spelling of licensee is uses the S. Yes, it does. Um, this is a really irregular bit of English. Now the Ameri sorry, start again. If you've got a driver's license, that's a C. If you're going to license someone to do something, that's a verb, that's an S. And the same thing happens with practice. The noun is the C and the verb is the S. Oh. However, in Queensland, around about 1990-something, I think it was, they actually printed a driver's license with an S for a while. Mm -hmm. And there were a whole lot of uh, of mistakes with people driving around. And actually, technically, they weren't licensed at all if they've got a driver's license <laughs> with an S. Right on. No, well, well spotted. This is one of the things where the Americans have, have taken the S and made it a lot easier for them. You don't have to remember noun and verb. Uh, we've kept it, and it means that there's a little bit more learning that kids have got to do in school. Scott from Mount Me, how are you? I'm well, thank you. What's your question for Rowley? I'm just interested in the, the, uh, the use of the word uh, epicentre. It just seems everything and everyone's at the epicentre of everything. And I can sort of understand with, um, you know, with earthquakes and things, but it, uh, is, is it something that is, is being used correctly or, or should we be sticking, can you just be at the centre of something still? Okay. Yeah, uh, I think it's a way of trying to sound a little bit more technical and emphatic. You know, this is right at the very middle of something. Epi is the Greek prefix for upon, and kentron is the Greek word for center. So the epicenter, it's normally, by, by definition, the point on the Earth's surface right above where an earthquake occurs. So vertically above it. And the epicenter means, you know, right at this point because earthquakes spread out over a large area. And then people take the word epicenter and apply it to all sorts of things. You know, this is the epicenter of my ice cream. It sounds very strange. <laughs> you're, you're in the beating heart of it is what you're, what you're wanting to say. Yeah. You're, you're right at yeah. the, right in the right place at the right time. It, or when it comes to an earthquake, it's kind of the wrong place, isn't it? But, uh, Richard in Mackay. Hello. Hello, Richard. This is a question that I had myself very recently. Can you tell Rowley what your question is? My question to Rowley is the word harassment and harassment. I hear oh. harassment a lot lately on the, especially the ABC, and I always thought it was harassment. I'm just wondering what is, I know that you can probably use both words, but what is probably mainly the Australian use of it? Okay, this is one of the ones which is irregular. Uh, normally, if you've got a, um, a a difference in stress, the one which is on the first syllable is going to be American, and the one which is not is British, and so traditionally ours as well. So the Americans will tend to say translate, and we would t we used to say translate. Now, with with harassment and harassment, it's the other way round. Harassment is the British one. And it's what we used to say and what the dictionaries used to advise us to do. Harassment is American, and they are so similar that a lot of people use either or both in the same sentence and don't know what they're meant to be saying. Well, I've even noticed, Rolly, a difference in the use of the word that you can harass someone, but it's harassment. Yes. Or you can harass someone, but it's harassment in the same That's sort right. of usage. So people are sort of making themselves 
use it how they feel comfortable. Is that is that what's happening? Yeah, I suppose so. And and again, there are. It depends who you hang around with, what your friends and so on say. This is one of those ones which is, is um, I think, very unstable and it's likely to continue in in current usage. For example, if you live in Melbourne, it's n not clear whether you live in Turak or Turak or Fitzroy or Fitzroy. People use both. And by the way, the word Harris is, comes from comes an old French verb meaning to set a dog on someone. So there. That's an interesting uh, development. Um, that was that question about harassment from Richard in Mackay. We're joined now by Raj at Victoria Point. I think that's a salt breeze location, Rolly. <laughs> I like it. Raj, like what's it. your question? Uh, my question to Professor is, uh, it's not actually a question, it's an observation. Now that cricket is around, it's return back to the bowler. Mm-hmm. Now, Return we, back to the bowler? Yeah, a lot of people, commentators and everybody is using this term, return back. Yep, you're quite right. We no, don't we, really need the back. Yeah. Uh, you can play it back to the bowler, you can return it to the bowler, and what happens is that these two phrases form what's called a blend, where you get pieces of one and pieces of other, put them together, and it's actually resulting in something called a pleonasm, where you've got both words saying effectively the same thing. So yeah. now that the cricket season is upon us, there's going to be a lot of that. I'm afraid also, if you're a purist, uh, you might hear someone say that, a, that the number 11 batsman has got to step up to the plate, and that's baseball, but I'm afraid we do hear it in cricket commentaries. My and by the way, go the Australian women's team. They are doing fantastic. <laughs> and my advice to Raj and other cricket fans at the beginning of the season is not to let it bother you because otherwise it will bother you for the rest <laughs> of, of the luck. season, won't it? <laughs> now, um, we have Peter from McDowell. Hello, Peter. Hello. How are you doing, Rolly? Well, thank you. I want to know how we allowed a fine word like bar to be usurped by the word way. Can you imagine the tale of two cities? It's a way, way better thing I do than I've ever done before. So the word uh -huh. far, did you say? F-A-R? Yeah. Okay. Far has been supplanted by way. And What's I don't know how this happened or why it happens, but it's in everything. What are your thoughts, far, Rolly? It's, it's yeah. far from my location. Now they say it's, a, it's away from my location. It's away yep. from what I'm doing. It's far Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that this is probably an Americanism. I'll have to double-check it. But certainly, uh, you know, this is a far, far better thing I do now than ever I did before, which is Dickens. And uh, far used to be a... It, it referred to distance in you no know, physical space, and then it referred metaphorically to a lot. You know, this, this is a far more expensive car than I was ever contemplating. And way has become very popular among younger people and is probably more common now. And far if you're under about 30, might sound even a little literary and a little over-careful. I would probably say far rather than way, but then I'm on the wrong side of 70. Thank you, Peter, uh, uh, on the far and the way conundrum. Joanne at Port Douglas, good morning. Oh, good morning, Rolly. Morning. Um, I have a question. Um, I live in a street that is a C-L-O-S-E, and I'm never sure, is it a close or is it a close? Ah. All right. Um, it, it's, a, it's a close, as far as I'm aware, 
Uh, close with a z is the verb, meaning I'm going to close off this, this line of inquiry. So yeah. such and such close, but you will hear both, and uh, I think a lot of people are not sure which way to jump. Thank you. Well, that's confirmed. Thank you very yep. much. Bye-bye. Pleasure. And thank you, Rolly Sussex, for joining us all the way from Macau. I think, is that the farthest afield that you have been on our show? <laughs> uh, no, I once did a program from uh, Tiananmen Square, and it was so noisy I put my jacket over my head, and a policeman came and lifted up the edge of the jacket to see what I was doing underneath. Oh, and I tried to explain I was talking to ABC Brisbane. <laughs> he didn't understand. You're looking very suspicious. A final text message from my sister, Rolly, for you. My sister Louise yes. wants to know, what is the origin of the word armistice? Ah, uh, armistice is uh, uh, the particularly at the end of the, wor- the, the First World War. It, it means the armor bit is your arms and the stit bit is stoppage. So it's the stopping of the arms. In other words, it's when the, when the shooting and so on ceases. Okay, the day the guns fell silent. That's right. It's a bit like the solstice. This, this bit is as that's that's when the sun sun stops moving, as it were. Yeah, the solstice. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much again, Rolly. What's your final word for this week? Ah, this one is courtesy of our invaluable producer Rob Minchell, and it goes like this: National Diarrhea Week starts on Saturday, runs for seven days. Oh my goodness! I'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Rolly. <laughs> Bye, Rachel. See you next week. ABC Radio, your local source of national and international news, weather, emergency information, sport and entertainment. With more than 50 radio stations around the country, ABC Radio is Australia's largest radio network providing local programming. ABC Radio engages with audiences through both analogue and digital radio services, streaming online and on your mobile via the ABC Radio app. ABC Radio, across Australia.